Thank you for being a part of our church service today. It is our desire at Riverstone Church that God's Word will work in you to produce an abundant field life. To know more about the ministry or to support, visit riverstonechurch.net. May the Lord bless you today as you listen to this message. I want to read to you out of Acts chapter 14, verses 1 through 7. This is an act of worship and the same as anything else that we have done so far in our service. We will read the word of the Lord as an act of worship unto God in Acts chapter 14, verses 1 through 7. Starting at verse 1, it says, In Iconium they entered the synagogue of the Jews together and spoke in such a manner that a large number of people believed, both of the Jews and of Greeks. But the Jews who disbelieved stirred up the minds of the Gentiles and embittered them against the brethren. Therefore they spent a long time there speaking boldly with reliance upon the Lord who was testifying to the word of his grace, granting that signs and wonders be done by their hands. But the people of the city were divided, and some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. And when an attempt was made by both the Gentiles and the Jews with their rulers to mistreat and stone them, They became aware of it and fled through the cities of Lysaonia, Lystra, and Derbe, and the surrounding region. And there they continued to preach the gospel. Lord, we thank you for the public reading of Scripture, and we pray your blessings upon it. And Lord, in these next few moments, as the gospel is preached, I pray, O Lord, that your word would indeed be sharp and powerful and that you would speak to us that I would do nothing to take away from what you desire to do, nothing I would say or do, Lord. Prevent me, Father, from doing anything that would take away from the message of hope that you have for us today. And we thank you for it. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen, amen. And you may be seated. Again, we're going to have a time of, of prayer at the end for some of these needs, but I wanted... I felt the Lord leading to weave this in as a message so we have an understanding of why we do these things, why we are going to pray for these works going on in other places as a local church. And so I want to give some context and then a, a few points uh, about partnership in uh, the gospel, partnership in the gospel. Uh, Here in Acts chapter 14, what we don't want to remember is what has already happened, what has already transpired in the book of Acts as Paul and Barnabas were sent uh, out. They were sent out by a praying church. So again, we want to pattern after that. And part of what we have sought to do at Riverstone is to be a praying uh, church. We want to be a sending church, but we know prayer must come first. So we have to be a praying church in order to be a sending church. And that is the pattern in the New Testament. The church was praying and the Holy Spirit spoke and said to set apart Paul and Barnabas, which is what the church did. And they laid their hands upon them and they sent them out Uh, to do the work of the Lord on a missionary journey. And again, as I've shared with you before, most of you, if you have uh, your Bible with you, you can turn to the back of the Bible and you probably have uh, some maps in the back of the Bible. And one of those is uh, probably like a map that I have in my Bible that says the missionary journeys of the Apostle Paul. And it will probably have three of them that show on that map. And what we're working through right now is the first missionary journey of the Apostle Paul and Barnabas, his uh, companion. Uh, when we uh, last, uh, in, in chapter 13, were reading about Paul and Barnabas on this missionary journey, they were in a place called Pisidian Antioch, and they were essentially cast out of that city, and Paul and Barnabas took the shoes off their feet, uh, kind of snapped them together, uh, shaking the dust off, saying, we've preached the gospel to you, you've decided to essentially cast us out, we're going to the next place, and we're going to preach the gospel there. 
And so that's where you see they went over into uh, Iconium, which isn't that far from Pisidian Antioch. And they began the same process all over in uh, preaching the gospel. They went to the synagogue and uh, they preached that uh, this message of hope that Jesus came to save sinners and there are Jewish sinners and there are Gentile sinners and this gospel is uh, for everyone and they were preaching that uh, message and there were both Jews and Greeks who believed this but there were also some Jews who disbelieved this and they wanted to persecute the apostles because of their disbelief and that this gospel could be offered to Gentiles as well. What's interesting is that Paul and Barnabas and the Jews who were persecuting them ought to have been most like one another. These were kind of people who they would say, these are my brethren. And yet the Jews are the ones from whom the hottest persecution came. Paul and Barnabas were preaching and signs and wonders were happening and the Jews still maintained their unbelief and ultimately tried to kill them. And when they heard that they were about to be stoned, they left and they went to Lystra where Paul would, uh, as we'll read a little later uh, in Acts 14, Paul will actually be stoned left for dead, but miraculously survive and get up and continue preaching the gospel. And so what we see in Acts 13 and what we see in Acts 14 is an empowered church that is preaching the gospel no matter the consequences. And the mission of the church is to go and share that message that Jesus Christ has come to save sinners no matter what the consequences to us may be. Are we willing to do that? Paul and Barnabas did not wait in Jerusalem for people to come to them. They didn't stay in Jerusalem and stay in their house and pray, God, send us someone here. They went out to places where people hadn't heard and they began sharing that message of hope. And so the question was one that I've asked myself. How do we expect people in our community who are not saved to get saved? How do we expect people in our community who do not know the saving power of the Lord Jesus Christ, whose God's spirit is brooding over, how do we expect them to come to a saving knowledge if they don't currently know? So when we gather together on Sunday morning, it's not primarily for people who don't know Jesus to come in and flood the doors. It's not primarily this gathering on Sunday morning is not primarily for unsaved people to come in and get saved. What is actually more the point of what goes on on a Sunday morning is for the gathered assembly of believers to come together, encourage one another, study and engage in the word of the Lord that we would then go out and reach people where they are. That we would share the message of hope with people who are experiencing the world and all of its ugliness. We would see people who are struggling and in sin, and we would go to them and we would say, here is this hope. Come with me. I've shared this before, but often I get a call from Brother David Brown, who drives a taxi. And Brother David Brown picks up a lot of people, and he has shared his testimony even this week in our uh, youth meeting on Friday night. And often Brother David will say, I've got someone in the car, and I want you to talk to him. Now think about someone in the marketplace, a businessman who meets a lot of different people from a lot of different walks of life, but keeps his mind set on, is this one that I share the gospel with? Is this one that is to hear the message of hope? <clears throat> Using the means that God has given him in order to share the gospel while he makes a living. We think of the church as uh, that 
place where we come for teaching and preaching and training, and it is that, but it's for us to be built up to go out into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. And the beauty of where we live is that we don't live in necessarily a rural area, though those places need the gospel too, but we live in an international community where there's lots of people. We don't have to get on a boat and go somewhere. We can actually reach people in our community who will go back to other places and carry the message of hope. We have that opportunity, and we must be a people that capitalizes on that opportunity. You and I are gospel agents. We are called to carry the gospel to others. A few years ago, there was a school shooting down in uh, Florida. The name of the high school was Marjorie Douglas Stoneman High School, where an armed intruder came in and he began shooting individuals. And I understand there's a court case and there's probably more information that's to come out uh, as people begin to litigate what happened at that event. But what is understood at this point is there was a uniformed police officer on site at that school that was armed and able to go in and at least try to neutralize the threat but chose not to. And so if that story is accurate, what runs through our mind when we think about someone like that? There's a whole school of unarmed people, and there was someone who had opportunity to do something about it and chose not to act. We could think of words, if that story is accurate, we could think of words that would categorize that individual. And yet I also have to think when we have the message of hope and we sit in a comfortable place and we choose not to go out and tell people who today are slipping off into eternity. Do we believe, do we, do we believe there's a hell? If we believe it, then we ought to be willing to share the hope with people who have not heard and have not been obedient no matter the personal cost to ourselves. We can't continue to stand in our sacred halls knowing that people are outside perishing and going to hell. Contrast that story with where many of our thoughts were yesterday. First responders who ran in burning buildings to try to rescue someone, not knowing if they will come out. Giving their lives, doing their job, picking up one foot, putting them down, because that's what they had been trained to do, and no one else was going to do their job. They ran in. They gave their lives in order to help someone else, no matter the personal cost that they endured, some of them giving their very lives, others who have endured over the last uh, 20 years the pain and hardship of wounds that haven't gone away, both physical, mental, and emotional wounds of things that they saw and things that they had to deal with and things that they experienced. What do we think about people who are willing to give everything in order to go and rescue someone else? We say these are the heroes that we ought to be celebrating, not the bunch of kooks in D.C. who fight all the time. These are the people that we ought to kind of lift up because there was something selfless about them that was willing to run in a burning building or rush a cockpit in order to try to save someone else. You see, the beauty of our work in sharing the gospel is that we are actually partnering with the king of the universe. But the partnership is not 50-50. It can't ever be 50-50. It's 100% and 100%. But God's 100% is greater than our 100%. Right? And so, I'm not, I was going to use myself. Good, he's awake. <laughs> Isaiah, I need you, buddy. Can you help daddy? This is my son, Isaiah. He's got on his, uh, his superpower leather here. 
We were getting rid of a sofa yesterday. I had it on a trailer. I went outside. My kids had cut it to bits, <laughs> getting the leather off of it. But I need Isaiah to help me. You see this block down here, buddy? Can you help me bring it up to the, to the stage, please? There we go. That's a heavy one, isn't it, buddy? Help me get it up here, okay? You got it? We're going to set it down right here, okay? You help me set it down right here? All right. Thank you. Give me five. Give me five. There you go. <laughs> you go back to mommy. He gave 100%. I didn't have to quite give 100%, thankfully. I know I need to work out. <laughs> but it's pretty obvious who was doing most of the work, right? We were partnering together. We were helping one another. But there was one doing more of the heavy lifting than the other while the other was also participating. That's sort of the way it is with us and the Lord. God's doing the work. His spirit is moving. His spirit is brooding. His spirit is transforming lives. But we are also called to participate. We're also called to play our part. And I believe that is what we see in the text Today, we see people who are doing their part, giving their all, and God's Spirit is moving even despite the opposition. When you read the first verse of chapter 14 in Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went to the synagogue of the Jews and they spoke in such a manner that a large number of the people believed, both of the Jews and of the Greeks. They had to share the message in such a way that people would receive the message and their life and their hearts would be transformed by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sharing the gospel is an act of love and compassion for others. We're thinking of others and their place in eternity and God's grace working out in their life day by day. What I can assure you is that when someone comes to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's not just that they have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. It's that as they continue in that grace, while there may be trials and challenges, their life will become more full of God's power and God's uh, strength in them. Some of the struggles that they had in the past, they will no longer have to struggle with. Some of the fights that they had in previous times, they'll no longer have to fight with. Some of the habits that were in the past that were drawing them down, they no longer have to deal with because the grace of God has been shed abroad in their heart. So we must share the message of hope. We must speak the gospel. I know there is this saying, and I, I get what it means to uh, uh, share the gospel, and if necessary, use words. I get what that means, but that can't be a cop-out to us not saying anything. It can't be a cop-out for us just kind of sitting out and saying, the odor of Christ comes out from me to other people. <laughs> the gospel is made to be spoken. Jesus is the logos, the word, the spoken word. The gospel has to be preached and taught and shared. Faith comes by hearing. Incidentally, do you know one of the greatest mission fields? Those who are deaf. Those who are deaf. If I'm correct, I remember it's what, 2%? 3? It's a very small percentage of individuals who are deaf who have converted to believe the Lord Jesus Christ. Speaking the gospel is important. And if you can hear this morning, you've been given a gift. You've been given a gift. The Jews, some of them who heard, disbelieved, and they stirred up the minds of the Gentiles. And the scriptures said they caused the Gentiles to become embittered against the brethren. 
Second Peter tells us in chapter 4 and verse 12, do not be surprised at the fiery trials. Don't be surprised at the fiery trials that come against you. You see, when the Jews were stirring up the Gentiles, they weren't just speaking against Paul and Barnabas' message. They were speaking against Paul and Barnabas personally. They became embittered against them. But Jesus tells us that when we go and share the gospel, that sometimes that requires us to leave some things behind, leaving father and mother, leaving homes. He tells us that even prophets are without honor in their own town. Those people who are closest to them fail to honor them. So there's going to be difficulty in preaching and teaching the gospel, but we must nonetheless speak the message of hope to others. But thankfully, the gospel does not rely solely on us. The gospel is first and foremost a work of the Lord through the power of the Holy Spirit. The apostles, they were doing their part. They were preaching the gospel. They were sharing the message of hope. And the scripture tells us that the Lord was granting signs and wonders to be done by them. Now, what's important for us to note out of this passage is that signs and wonders didn't convince everyone. There were people being healed. There were people being transformed. There was all these miraculous things. We think about what happened with uh, Jesus in the Gospels and arms being stretched out and leprosy being cured and whatever else was happening. And here in this, the same exact types of miracles were happening, and yet people failed to believe. So when we have the prayer and we think, God, if you just lengthen a leg, everybody would believe. No, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. God, if you just do a miraculous work right here, everyone would come to saving faith. No, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. We actually read in the book of Revelation how signs and wonders are taking place everywhere, and there are people shaking their fists at heaven at God. People don't believe because there are signs and wonders. They believe because there is a move of the Holy Spirit upon them. We have to preach the message of hope, but yet it is God's spirit who must move upon someone in order for them to come to saving faith. There are some whose eyes have been opened by the power of the spirit, and there are some whose eyes have not been opened. This is why prayer is important, because prayer helps to prepare people to receive the gospel. Why must we be a people who are praying on Sunday nights and praying at our homes and praying other times? Why must we be a people? Because if we're going to be a sending church, we must be a praying church. Why are we going to call brethren up here in a little bit and pray for them? Because they want to be sent. They want to share the message of hope. But there must be prayer behind them in order to help till that soil of where they're going to be working. We must be a praying church in order to be a gospel-sending church because prayer helps us, one, to till that soil, but prayer also opens our eyes to where God is working. Prayer opens our eyes to where the Spirit of the Lord is working, and then we begin to send in our resources of people who are equipped in the evangelistic calling to share the message of hope. There has to be a need for regeneration, a change in the person that can only be brought about by the power of the Holy Spirit. You can stand all day and be the apologist and argue all the things from Scripture to someone else, and if the Holy Spirit has not moved upon their heart, they will not believe. This is why we must invest in the spiritual work of prayer, of fasting, of seeking the Lord, that those places where we are going, where the Lord is leading, there is an openness that has been prepared by his spirit. We see in these apostles, that as they were in that partnership with the Lord, again, not a 50-50 partnership, but in that partnership with the Lord where God was moving and God's power and God's grace was being poured out, that there was this opposition that happened. And what do believers do when there is opposition? 
we continue to be faithful and continue to do what God has called us to do. Those who would not believe wanted to kill the apostles. They wanted to destroy them completely in order to snuff out the message. Now, you read 1 through 7, what you see is a clarity of good versus evil. There's no gray here. People were kind of waffling. No, I'm not sure. Maybe. No, no waffling here. There was a clarity of who was working in the power of the Spirit and who was working in the camp of the enemy. They took the apostles. They says they tried to mistreat them. They tried to stone them. Again, they'll ultimately be successful in stoning the apostle Paul. And when this happened, when their life came under threat, they didn't continue there. There's some wisdom there. They moved to the next city, but they don't quit. They don't go in hiding. They go to the next synagogue, and they begin to preach the gospel again. So expect when you go and share the gospel with your friend, with your family member, with your coworker, with those around you in your sphere of influence, you get on a plane, you go to another part of the world, you begin to share the gospel, expect that there will be opposition because you're fighting a spiritual battle. But we don't stop. We don't quit. We continue to go. We continue to focus our hearts towards what God is calling us to do. What I share with you this morning is the necessity of God's spirit to go before us, the necessity of us to be a people who are active in praying to discern what God is doing, and the necessity of us to be a mouthpiece for the gospel, a mouthpiece for the gospel. And we're going to pray for three things as we conclude this message. And our first is going to be for these brethren who are here who tonight up in Greene County at Baton. At four o'clock, up in Greene County, are going to open a church for guys who are on bikes coming down the road. I'm going to let Brother Gary, Brother Rick, whoever knows more, I'm going to let you share a little bit, and then let's have let's have prayer. We'll have these guys gather, and we're going to pray that God would till the soil of hearts that will be coming that they will persevere in the inevitable opposition that will come and they will be borne up through our prayers and they will speak the truth of the gospel boldly. You can step up here, brother. Well, there's, uh, there's power in prayer. Amen. And I know this because of uh, where I came from. And where I came from... I was in the world, I got caught up in the world, and my parents never stopped praying for me, mm. amen. Amen, amen. That prayer, that, that prayer set up a foundation, and that foundation was a rock, and that was, the rock was Jesus Christ, amen. Amen, amen. So Jesus Christ is the rock that this church is going to be built on, amen. And the power comes from prayer. And in uh, Second Chronicles, it says that if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my yes. face and yes. turn from their wicked ways. Yes. Amen. Amen. Turn from their wicked ways. You know, the world that we live in right now, you can see the wicked ways. And this church is a light. Amen. And so this church that we are going to open we pray will be a light for people that look a little different, smell a little different, just act a little different. <laughs> <laughs> but the Bible also says that we are all formed in his image. Amen. Amen. So that means that it doesn't matter what color your skin is. Yep. It doesn't matter what you've done in your past. Yep. It doesn't matter what you're doing today. It doesn't matter what addiction you have right now or what addiction you're going to have in the future. What matters is that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes, he is. Amen. 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 So the gospel Amen. has to go forth. 
And it's a privilege. I humble. I am very humbled. And in that scripture, it says, if they shall humble themselves, hmm. we ought to humble ourselves That's right. in the sight of Jesus. You know, I didn't deserve that. Hmm. I didn't deserve the blood of Christ. But it set me free. Amen. 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 It set me free from Amen. things. It set me free from some addictions and some demons. It is a spiritual battle. Yeah. Amen. It is. Amen. It is a spiritual battle. But there's power in prayer. And pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. And then they will hear from heaven. Mm. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's what it says. We'll hear from heaven. Who wants to go to heaven? Amen. Yeah. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. And we'll forgive their sins mm. and heal their Thank land. You. Thank you, Lord. We were praying a few Thank minutes you, ago. Lord about healing. Mm. There was people. There was deliverance. Mm. Amen. And there's power in prayer. But we all have to be willing to go forward and reach other people. It just blows my mind that Jesus Christ did that. That he was able to give his life for all of us. You know, like I said... We're to follow God, and it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's not about a denomination. It's all about Jesus. Amen. It's, it's not about a political party. It's all about Jesus. Jesus can heal you. You want deliverance? It's all about Jesus. Amen. Amen. But you got to... Build your house on a rock. The rain will come, the Bible said. The rain will come. But if you build your church upon a rock, and your church is you, all right? So if you build your church upon a rock, the rain will come, and it'll stand. Hmm. But if you build your church upon shifting sand, and the rain will come, what will happen? It will fall. But this church is going to take that sand and turn it to cement. Amen. Hallelujah. That's Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Can we gather you guys up and let's have some in the congregation you're willing. Let's uh, gather around them. We want to lay hands upon them and pray that God's hand of grace and mercy would rest on them today at 4 and this is going to be an every Sunday night uh, time, so some of you are going to want to go and participate and be a part of it. Uh, Brother Rick can give you any details that you want about uh, what's going on there. You can ask him. But we want to lay hands and uh, pray. And Brother Eric Santana, I'm going to ask you to lead us, brother. Yep. Yes. Hello. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord. Thank we God gather in your name, yes, Lord God. Yes, we Lord know Jesus. that. Thank Father, you, that you hear mercy, our words, Lord, Jesus, Lord God. Right Father, you have called God. this pray, mission, Lord, Jesus. Lord God. For your we are mercy, revving up Lord our God. engines, right now, Lord, Lord God. Jesus. And Father, by yes, your power Lord and your Jesus. might, Lord God, we launch this ministry, Lord yes, God, God, this motorcycle Thank ministry, you, Lord, Lord God, that's going to go down the road, Lord yes. God, and do your word, Father God. This church, <laughs> Lord God, that's going to yes, ride with the shiny side up, Lord God, looking up to you, Lord Jesus, the author and finisher finisher of our faith, Father God. Lord, that you're going to do a mighty work through these brothers and sisters, Lord, that are dedicated to do your work, Father God. We lift them up to you, Father God. Lord, that you will protect them, Father, as they travel, Lord God, the physical and spiritual highways and byways, dear Lord. Be with them. Protect them, Lord God. Give them that mission, Lord God, that destination, Lord collectively, Lord, and individually for the people that they're going to reach for your glory, Lord God. Lift them up, Father God. Lift them up, Lord God. They are revved up to do your work, Father God. We know that you're going to do a mighty work through this, Lord God, but I thank you for their obedience, Lord, their obedience to step out, Lord God, and to do what it is that you have called them to do, Father God. 
Lord, we know as we look down the road, Lord God, of your work, Lord, as the as the gospel is preached, Lord God, as they seek to evangelize, Lord God, that many testimonies are going to come from this, Lord God, that will bring glory to your mighty name, Father God. So by the power of the blood and the mighty name of Jesus that is above every name, Lord, we come against any thing of darkness, Lord, any evil thing from the enemy's camp that will try to impede their work, Father God. Let them go forth, Lord God, and be successful, Father God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. So excited about this. Praise the Lord. also ask Brother Jay uh, to share with us about another opportunity to be sent. Uh, just incidentally, as, as, as these guys are going, as you're going over 33 toward Harrisonburg, that's Stone Church that's there on the right. That's where they're meeting. Uh, some of you would like to ride. Some of you who want to help and be a blessing, that's where they're going to meet tonight at uh, 4 o'clock. Second area that we're going to lift up and we're going to pray for, uh, Brother Jay is going to share with us about an opportunity. Uh, yesterday evening, Brother Noel and I were in a, a meeting with a group of 10 other ministry leaders, all of whom are very experienced in uh, refugee ministry, uh, particularly uh, refugee relief. And it seems that the Lord is opening do a door for Riverstone by invitation to be a part of reaching the communities that are coming in from overseas. Um, one of the places we heard about, for example, right now has received around 5,000 uh, refugees, people that a week ago were in a very dangerous situation. Uh, we, we saw pictures that some of the children had drawn where they were asked to, uh, on one side of the paper, draw something that makes them happy, on the other side, something that makes them very sad. And to see the pictures that made them sad of, of gunfire and bloodshed, uh, it, it was, needless to say, very, very heartrending. So, Lord, it seems is opening a door for us to be involved in one of these communities. Um, we need you to pray. It's, it's very new. It's unfolding right now, every day. Circumstances are changing. Uh, the requirements to be involved are changing. So frankly, we're trying to figure out what we're doing as we're doing it. Uh, it's a very fluid ministry. It's not going to be an easy ministry, but it's going to be a worthwhile ministry. So here's how you can help us. If you're interested, uh, let us know. I mean, we're looking for, for, any, for people who are willing, for example, to take a group of 50 kids that can't speak a word of English and teach them something as simple as how to play duck, duck, goose or how to play freeze tag. We're looking for people with a medical background that can just teach basic, simple hygiene. We're looking for people who maybe know how to teach English as a second language that can help in that. Virtually, if you have a ministry, a skill, a calling, something you can do to help a large group of people just stave off boredom for an afternoon, we could use your help. If you can sort shirts and sort uh, goods that will be distributed, there, there's a place for you. If you can't go and would like to give, uh, anything that you give towards Riverstone, just mark it Refugee Project. Uh, it will be used to help meet needs, to help our teams. Again, we're still trying to figure this out, so that's why the details are a little, little bit sparse. And if you can't do any of that, certainly we need your prayer. Um, this is a window of opportunity that's not going to be open long. Uh, we've used the scripture in missions context so much till it kind of, you know, it's one of those well-worn things we really don't think about the truth of it. But scripture tells us that the fields are white to the harvest. That means if, if, if you don't get out there and pick the fruit now, you, you're going to lose it. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I, I missed the opportunity with some of my crops this year. I was out of town when they came in and came back and found some some produce that was already too grown, too overgrown to use, some that even begin to rot on the vine. This is an opportunity that's not going to last. Uh, we, we need help, and the greatest help we need right now more than anything else is prayer. But if you're interested in getting involved personally, uh, I would ask you to write your name down, a phone number and an email address and give that to me. And that's only because I know my memory. If you just tell me I'm interested, by the time I get out the door, I'll forget all about it. So please write your name, address, or email and phone number, and we'll be in touch with you as soon as we have a little bit more information and a, a better form plan. Thank you. So so we want to pray. We want to pray. we go we want to pray for this opportunity that god has set at our doorstep it is an opportunity now one thing that you can put your mind to is a mind to think what if you were transplanted halfway across the world with nothing but was what on your what you had on your back maybe you had your family maybe you didn't maybe it was just your kids parents that got out So we have to pray for the open door to step in and help and that the gospel will go forth. And Brother Jay is a point person to help us with that. I'm going to ask him to kind of step. Some of you who are more skilled in the international missions work, if you'll come and stand with him kind of as a, as a, as a sign for us to pray and lay hands upon you for uh, God to do a work in this community. Brother Noel, Chris, all others of you who are... Uh, more skilled in the international work, and then we're going to ask for others to gather around, and let's pray for God to open this door to till the soil that we'll be able to step in and to be a blessing to those in the community who have been removed from everything they have known and placed in an a area that is very foreign to them. So let's pray and uh, intercede uh, before uh, the Lord. Sister Autumn, you want to lead us in prayer, please? Lord, we just thank you for this open door. We thank you for this opportunity to minister to the broken, to the hurting, and the helpless. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to speak for those that can't speak for themselves, to be a voice for the voiceless. Lord, we don't know exactly what's going to unfold, but we know that you do. And we know that your plan is already taking place. And you are already putting your plan before us. So, Lord, while this door is open, let us take advantage of it. Let us go after the harvest while it is ripe. Lord, I pray that all of those who are willing, that you would use them for your glory. To turn hearts to you to restore lives, to give back what the enemy has tried to take away. Your word says, how beautiful are the feet of those that bring the good news. Lord, help us to be armed with the sword of the Spirit, to share the gospel with those you've brought into our community. Lord, I pray that let love flood those areas where the refugees are living right now, that our love would be felt, that it would be tangible, that it would draw, it would draw them unto you, that they would see that you are a loving God, that you care about their needs, that you see them where they are, that they are not alone. Lord, use us. Use Riverstone. Use us for your glory, that it would bring glory to you, that, that we would be a city set on a hill, shining forth to them. Give us wisdom in how to work with a different culture. 
give us wisdom from on high. We can't do this without your wisdom, Lord. We can't do this without your mercy and grace at work. Lord, I pray that we would come with healing. That we would come with healing words. That we would bring your healing power into those communities. That your love would be poured out on all flesh. Your spirit would be felt. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm going to ask Brother Johan, Brother Chris, if you'll stand here tonight. The final thing we want to have prayer for tonight is at 6 p.m. We want to prepare the workers. Prepare the workers. These brethren want you to go out. They want you to be equipped to share the message of hope. And tonight here at church at 6 p.m., we're going to begin a four a week, not four consecutive weeks, but four weeks, I think two weeks, take a week out, and then two more weeks, if I'm correct, in order to share with you some things that you need to know about sharing the gospel, how you can do it without fear, how you can be confident in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ to share the message of hope. We're going to share, and then we're going to pray. You brethren have anything to add to what I've said? <laughs> I'll be very quick. Um, I'm extremely excited about this because um, some weeks ago I had the privilege of preaching here on a Sunday morning and the Sunday evening. And I don't know how many people came out. I was overcome by what the Holy Spirit was working. But you know, hmm. you know whether you came forward that evening to say, here am I. Now, tonight, we're starting that here am I situation. Amen. We're going to be looking at that from a practical, practical point of view. <sighs> Will you indulge me? I have something to do that I'm going to struggle with. Last Sunday morning, we had the opportunity that the Holy Spirit moved on people to come and give testimonies. Mm -hmm. And beside anything and everything else, there was one name that came up time and time and time again. Mm -hmm. Mama Pouch, <laughs> would you come forward? Please. <laughs> I don't know. Only God knows. I don't know what this little lady does. Besides trusting God, mm -hmm. besides picking up her pen and writing a little message, besides being a disciple maker, mm -hmm. and that's it. Mm -hmm. She, as she stands here, is a hero in the kingdom of God as a disciple maker, and that's what we're going to be talking about. Amen. Please don't stay away. Amen, amen. Come. We need more people. There are, I don't know how many people in this church are here because of her. They testified to it. I didn't. <laughs> so you guys step up. You know who came forward. Because I don't know whether you understand it. We're standing in a rather unique spot as a church. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There are not many churches like this. I travel a lot. I see a lot of churches. There are not many of them that stand at this threshold. Don't miss it. Thank Amen. you. Praise the Lord. Sister Darling, you stand here with them, please. Stand here with them. Others gather your heart is toward disciple making, reaching the lost. Come. Brother Anthony Wood, I really felt the Lord speak that you ought to pray and lead us in prayer uh, for this. So others come, gather around, and uh, let's lay hands upon them as a sign that we want to raise up disciple makers uh, in this local church. We want people to be sent out. That's what today is about, sending out. Uh, it's what we see in Acts uh, 14, and we want to pray just as a sign that we are going to raise up by God's grace, by the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, people who uh, will go and be bold, uh, a bold witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. 
Oh God, we thank you for what you've entrusted us with. We thank you for the precious word of the gospel. Father, we pray for all of these who, who are here representing, equipping your saints, building up your body. Lord Jesus, we want to see people go forth from this house, not on a stage, Lord, but in a neighborhood, not from behind a, a, a huge uh, a pulpit with video cameras, but Lord, to, to their neighbor, to their family, to their coworker, to that s sick person they can go pray with. That person, Lord, that you bring before their mind, that they will spend time laboring in prayer for, someone they will send a note of encouragement to. Lord, will you birth in us and stir up in us a, a flame of passion, of love and compassion for our fellow man, our fellow woman, for our brothers and sisters. Lord, we ask for your a greater anointing and a power upon us, O oh God to do this work, the work of an evangelist, to take the good news into our community, to take the good news into our families. Lord, raise up more in this house who would have that gentle spirit, that compassionate spirit, that quiet love, but which is persistent and dedicated and pure. Lord Jesus, fill us with your love for those around us. Your love, oh Jesus, can break down every barrier and every wall Thank you for entrusting us with this ministry of reconciliation. Lord, we bless what you're doing here, and we yield to it and submit to you, Lord. We ask for more. We ask for a harvest, O oh God. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing and for what you want to do. We bless your name today, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Help us to train all those that you send. Lord, help us to, to, by the power of the Spirit, remove blindness from eyes, remove fetters from arms. Lord, to set men and women free. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank, Thank you, you, Lord, Lord. Jesus. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. May the grace and peace of the Lord Jesus Christ go with you. Thank you for being a part of Riverstone Church. I hope today's message encouraged you to take a step closer to Christ. If there is anything we can pray for or talk with you about, please visit our website at riverstonechurch.net. May the Lord bless you this week and may you walk in all of His promises and plans for your life.